Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Normally, when we could gather, people would come down this aisle to open up their heart and to make a public profession of faith saying, hey, I want Jesus to be in my heart and to literally just live for Christ. And they said to everyone who was here, I'm a Jesus follower. Well, friends, even though we cannot regather at the moment, even though these pews are not filled with people, God still has an invitation to eternity. Today, friends, if we're going to begin with the end in mind, last week we said we must remember our creator, but this week we need to remember and accept God's invitation to spend eternity with God. To do all of this, we must understand that timing is important. This is true in all that we do. There are appropriate times where we should speak up and there are appropriate times where we should be quiet, observe, and research. There is an appropriate time to work and yes, I'm preaching to myself, there is also an appropriate time to rest. Timing is important. But what's interesting about God is that God has a method of timing that we are not always agreeable to. God blesses on his time. He provides on his time. He answers prayers on his time. And in our waiting, we must trust that God has extended to us a forever relationship with God. This beautiful invitation to eternity is extended through the sacrifice of no other person greater, and that's Jesus. And although Jesus extends the great invitation to eternity to us, we must understand that we will not understand the fullness and the greatness of this invitation until we reach the great party that will happen in heaven. Therefore, We may find frustration in 2021. Yes, there will be some frustrating moments. We may even find frustrating moments all throughout our life. But guess what? We can trust that even in our frustrating moments, God still extends this invitation that if we choose to accept, God walks, develops and creates different things inside of us that he will use for the betterment of all of us. It was Pierre Telhard de Chardon who once said, above all trust in the slow work of God. Sometimes, yes, to us, God does move slowly, but the invitation to eternity is always extended to all of God's children. We find this to be true in the book of Ecclesiastes. And in this book of Ecclesiastes, there is much mentioned regarding wisdom, but also 
This writer's hope is for future generations to learn from older generations so that they would not make the same mistakes that the older generation made. This writer surveys his life and much of his life was spent apart from God. He learned some things, some hard truths, some hard lessons, but then some of his life later on was spent directly with God. And so Ecclesiastes is a book that literally details and chronicles what life without God can produce, but also the wisdom of living a life for and with God and what that can produce. And so, friends, we dive in today in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses 11 through 15, to see what this ancient text says to all of us as we remember God's invitation to eternity. Well, the first lesson is found right there in the 11th verse. And it's a big truth. If we're going to be successful in 2021, here's our great truth. We must understand that only God can truly satisfy us. Only God, friends, is not a mate. It's not our boo thing. It's not any relationship. It's not a friendship. It's not any degree. Only God can truly satisfy us. Friends, many of us attempt to find our purpose and our identity in people, places, jobs, and even things. We attempt to properly align ourselves with certain networks and we evolve into the type of people that we feel the world will accept, all so we will not be rejected. We crave validation on this road to satisfaction. You see, to fulfill and or meet our expectations is a piece of the puzzle that only God has possession of. You can listen to this explained by the wisdom writer in Ecclesiastes. He says in verse 11, these words, he has made everything appropriate in his time. He has also set eternity in their heart without possibility that humankind will find out the work which God has done from the beginning, even to the end. In this part of scripture, this wisdom writer is speaking about time and the timing of everything. This verse tells us that everything, I mean everything, has beauty in its time. Everything is purposeful, even our bad times in its time. And only God is able to cause these such things to bloom and to blossom at their appropriate time. This shows us at the beginning of 2021 that we need to learn to take our questions, our confusions, and even our frustrations to God. You see, the question of when will it happen and how will it happen and when will things get better are only questions that can be answered by God. God not only satisfies us by answering life's biggest questions, but God comforts us through all of life's largest frustrations. But what we have to learn to do is to go to God, even when we do not understand life at the moment. You think about it. We don't really know how God does what God does, do we? You see, we don't know how God causes people who dislike each other to one day become friends, do we? We don't know how God softens the heart of someone who was wronged by another enough to forgive that same person. 
I mean, how does God cause us to let go of years of grudges and hate and embrace love in an instant? We don't know. We have no clue. But God has a way of causing each and every one of us to bloom outwardly at the appropriate time. And in our moments where we express, I don't know God, he surprises us with expressions of love that we can find all around us. Friends, as we hold on to these expressions of love, God continues to increase our desire for the eternal and to spend eternity with God. Friends, it doesn't matter if you're a skeptic or if you've been a believer for 99 years. God does things every day that makes us crave eternity. As he wakes us up, sometimes we want to know what's the meaning of life. Really, if you decode that question, you're not asking what the meaning of life is. You're asking who gave me life? Why am I here? When you ask these questions, you're asking a question not of a book, not of a professor, not of a person with a Ph.D. You're asking God, the eternal one. Why am I here? How did I get here? What is my purpose? And those answers to those big questions can only be answered by God. We can only be satisfied by God. Because it is God who satisfies us by making beauty from ashes and masterpieces from dust. It is God who will satisfy us. So in this year, 2021, I want you, if you want a boo, I want you to have one. If you want a friend, I want you to have a few. But understand that your worth is not tied up into your friends and your boos and anything else. Only God can truly satisfy you. We see this in verse 11. But if we're going to remember and accept God's invitation to creation, to eternity, we must understand even what Paul said about us not knowing how God functions. Paul said in Romans 11, verse 33, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out in 2021. Realize that true satisfaction is not in anything else but God. And as we trust God, we accept God's invitation to eternity. But friends, this is one lesson that the text is designed to teach us. But yet there's more because in verses 12 through 13, we get a knock you over the head. Pay attention. Clear the earwax out of your ear type of lesson. And it's this enjoyment comes from God not in what we can accumulate. I'm going to say it once more, friends. Enjoyment comes from God, not in what we can accumulate. Listen to these, this big lesson found in verses 12 through 13. The text says that I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man and woman who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. It is the gift of God. As we reflect on these two verses, it leads us to examine an issue that many of us probably wrestle with. And that is the issue of believing that our happiness and fulfillment is tied to what we achieve and what we accumulate. 
I want to step on everybody's toes at the moment. Go ahead and say Al from your living room or wherever you're watching this. Friends, this is a myth because we can achieve great things and only experience momentary happiness and momentary success before it all fades away. As this fades away, we're left running the hamster wheel of life, attempting to work our way into happiness, work our way into momentary success. And guess what? God wants more for us than that. There is nothing wrong with hamsters. I promise it. Don't call Peter. But in 2021, let's include a better mentality other than the hamster wheel mentality where we go round and round and round doing the exact same things and warranting the exact same result. Understand, friends, that our happiness and enjoyment comes from God, not in simply our ability to work or in what we can accumulate. Friends, I know, and I'm going to say it again, I'm preaching to you, but I'm also preaching to myself. I get it. We love to grind. We love to work hard. We've been taught that if you work hard, you'll have nice things. But when we worship our works, instead of the God who has enabled and provided each of us with the ability to work, then our life becomes totally out of whack. When we make our ability, our capability, the God and the Christ over our lives, friends, we've got a problem because we will all fall short. So when we mess up, if we put all our stock in us, what happens when we mess up? Our life just goes any which way because we're not divine. We're not eternal. We do have limits. And as we have these limits, guess what? We should never put all of our eggs in our basket. You want to know why? Because we're not eternal. But when we put all our eggs in the basket of God, we accept God's invitation to eternity and God leads us here. But he also leads us later. This wisdom writer understood in Ecclesiastes that no matter what we achieved, it was from God who gave it to us. We see this in verses 12 through 13. But if you hit the rewind button and go all the way back to the beginning of this book in chapter two, look at verse 24. This same writer says there's nothing better for a person than to eat and drink and tell themselves that their labor is good. This also I have been I have seen that it is from the hand of God. Friends, I was once taught a song in the first grade in Miss Hartwick's class. She taught me a song that stuck with me all throughout my life, even up to this day. And it was that song that said he's got the whole world in his hands. The song goes on to say in later verses that he has the little bitty baby in his hands. And then it specifically says he's got you and me in his hands. And it ends just as it began. He's got the whole world in his hands. Cute song, right? This song's lyrics reminds us that God gives. Yes. But God also takes away. It reminds us that God blesses. Yes. And it reminds us that God provides. It reminds us that God causes us to wait, but also God can cause us to go forward. So therefore, I know this is a hard pill to swallow and it's hard. But guess what? It's fair. 
We must digest this truth that no matter what we accomplish, it is God who gifts us with joy. No matter what we do, it is God who gifts us with satisfaction. No matter how many people scream our name, it is God who gifts us with fulfillment. It is God who gifts us with purpose and provision, a sense of importance, but also a sense of worth. And we must remember our creator because God does this in everything that we do. We must not make our gifts our God because God is the one who invites us to spend eternity with him. But as we open our hearts to God, you know what it says? I am not a God. It says that I am so weak that I need that which is greater than me to supervise me, to lead me to equip me with that which I do not possess. So actually, when you say, hey, I want to be a Jesus follower, you're saying I'm wise enough to know that I don't have it all together. And it's okay because I know one who does. Friends, understand that our joy, our enjoyment doesn't come from what we can accumulate. It comes from God. We should remember our creator. And as we do, we understand that only God can truly satisfy us. But as we accept God's invitation to eternity and come down the proverbial aisle of our lives daily, we understand that the eternal places, the desire for eternity inside all of our hearts. I didn't make it up. It's right here in verses 14 through 15, where you find this truth illuminated. It says, I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it and there is nothing to take from it. For God has so worked that men should fear him. That which is had, that which is has been already and that which will be has already been. For God seeks what has passed by. As these verses use words such as forever, pay attention, fear, pay attention to that one. And already pay attention to that one. It shows us an essential nugget of wisdom. And that is don't miss this. Please don't miss this. God is forever. And what God does is forever. I'm going to say that one more time. And wherever you are, you whisper it to yourself. God is forever. And what God does is forever. You see, we are made to live now, but we're also made to live later in eternity with God. God did this. We did not. We did not create ourselves. We didn't blow the breath of life into ourselves. We cannot work our way into eternity. I know James, the half brother of Jesus, said faith without works is dead. I get it. There is a place for work. But there is not the place for work to be the priority always in our life. God should be above our work. God should be prioritized above everything else. We are to follow and to trust God and God will lead us to all of what God has prepared. I like the way Rick Warren talks about this whole eternity ordeal. He says that when you live in the light of eternity, your values change. Hmm. 
And as this wisdom writer tells us, not only in chapter three, but also in chapter five, verse seven, for in many dreams and in many words, there is emptiness. Rather, fear God. Friends, when he's talking about fear, he's not talking about being scared like you would be on a roller coaster or being scared if somebody had a knife up to your throat. No, he's saying fear God, meaning that you revere God. You honor God. You prioritize God in everything that you do, but also in what you value. See, as our values change, we prioritize things differently. As our values change, we may not go or fuss as much as we used to. As our values change, we live differently. I know somebody's saying, Josh, what you saying, man? You saying we just supposed to act like we're floating on clouds every day? No. No, I'm not asking you to live as if your reality, as if reality is not happening around you and to you. No. But I am asking you to trust God with the reality that's happening around you and to you. I want you to understand that we serve a forever God who provides forever, who sustains forever, who lives now with us, but also in eternity. If we're going to begin 2021 with the end in mind, we must remember our creator and we must accept God's invitation to eternity. We do this by trusting God. We do this by believing God. But maybe you're at home or watching anywhere and you one day said the Lord's Prayer. At every sporting event, most times people say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are big words. Because you're saying that I want, as it would be in heaven, I want as close as it can be on earth. If we're going to accept God's invitation to eternity, we must build God's kingdom now on earth. How can you build God's kingdom? You follow God. How can you build God's kingdom? You place unity and help out into the world. Practically, how can you build God's kingdom? Start with prayer this week. Ask God, God, Give me some opportunities where I can be a kingdom builder. But after you, he gives you those opportunities. Don't fight God about it. Don't say, well, I didn't want to be nice to that person. No, actually follow God. Maybe it's holding the door for somebody with your mask on. Maybe if it's if you see someone being bullied on social media, you send them a direct message and say, hey, man, I just want to tell you, man, whatever they're saying, you are great and you're okay." Maybe it's when somebody cuts you off in traffic, maybe you don't lift your middle finger. Maybe when you see someone in need, you actually try to do something about it in a safe and socially distanced way. Friends, that's how we accept God's invitation to eternity. It starts by opening your heart to Jesus. It continues by living your life for him. And so if we're going to begin with the end in mind, we got to take two big pivotal steps. We must remember our creator in all that we do. But secondly, we must accept, not only remember, accept God's invitation to eternity 
by being a kingdom builder, understanding that God satisfies us, he helps us, and he loves us. So as he loves us, let's go love other people. Our together takeaway is real short and succinct. It's this, God is forever, and what God carries out is forever. Friends, as you watch this, somebody may be watching and I pray that you're watching and you're saying, I want to take the first step to open my heart to Jesus. Well, hey, I'm standing in the aisle right now and I so wish you were here because if you were here, me and Doc, our pastor would be overjoyed and be wanting to hug you in person. But guess what? We're giving you virtual hugs right now. And if by chance you want to open up your heart to accept Jesus, let's just repeat a prayer after me. Here we go. God, you're so awesome, but I know I need you. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me and all of my mistakes and my sins. I confess right now that Christ is the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Whether you prayed that prayer or you have some more specific prayer requests that you would love for us to pray for and with you, hey, let us know about it. You can do that by emailing altogether at spdl.org. Friends, as we have come, you've invited us into your living room and into everywhere you are, and we're thankful about it. But to continue this, if God has placed on your heart that you would love to sow a gift into this ministry, you can do so by going to spdl.org, clicking on the giving option, and under the drop-down menu, you will see all together and you can give as God leads. Remember this, God is forever, and what God carries out is forever. So as we depart from this virtual space, I want you to live a worshipful life as you remember your creator. I want you to embrace diversity that's all around you. And I want you to live life all together in a socially distanced manner. Have an amazing week and a great start to 2021. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.